Welcome, everybody, to Beyond Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch... Wait Nothing. a minute. We Wait, no, we don't pitch anything. anything in this. Sorry, I was just uh, getting carried away there. Um, next film review. That's what, that's what we're doing here, isn't it? Yes, this is Beyond Beyond the Box Set, our special <laughs> bonus episode for exclusively for our Patreon supporters. Okay, this, is, this is our third episode. I'm not used to the intro yet. No. I'll get there. I'll get there. So, what are we doing? Downsizing? Yes. Uh, this is our quickfire review of the movie Downsizing, which we saw at the cinema last week. Mm-hmm. We're normally going to do these things probably on the night we see them or as close to as possible. But yes, uh, the we're, do, we're, we're doing so we're creating a little back catalogue here. So, we saw Downsizing last week, which initially it's the new film with Matt Damon. It's the new Alexander Payne movie. Oh yeah, who, Matt, Alexander Payne, who directed one of my favourite films of all time, Sideways. Mm-hmm. In addition to other really good films such as About Schmidt and Citizen, Citizen Roof and The Descendants. Um, and yes, this was so I expected this to be great. And initially, it came out. People thought the trailer was really fun. People thought it was going to be a big Oscar contender and then it kind of came out and everyone just kind of went wah, wah. well i think people have just been burnt recently by watching matt damon and suburbicon possibly by the trailers look or didn't look similar films but they look like similar style of films mm-hmm. and so we're thinking okay matt damon's gone into this style of acting now yeah which yeah it, it could work he, he suits it but then suburbicon came out and that was just a massive miss yeah like people didn't really like it. We didn't enjoy it. It was just a nothing I enjoyed film. it a bit. Not for him. Like the, there were elements in it, but yeah. overall, overall, it was not a good film. I enjoyed no. it. I enjoyed it as kind of a bad movie, not as a. You know. Yeah, and and so I think a lot of people then had that kind of mentality when going into this film because the release was quite similar. Mm. The, re- the release date was quite similar. Um, but uh, well, on the whole, actually, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Although the more I thought about it, I did feel like it missed a lot of opportunities. But watching it. I enjoyed it. Mm. I would agree. So, why did you like it? Tell me some things about it. Um, well, I've not really experienced many, uh, m- many, many stories of people being small. Yeah. Like, oh, I, like, should... I know there's quite a few out there, like borrowers and. Oh, uh, Honey, I shrunk the... <laughs> Honey, I shrunk the kids. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, that's thing. You've about... never seen Honey, I shrunk the kids. No. Nope. We can't even make it an episode. There's like four sequels. Oh. Uh, oh well. Oh, you seem so gutted. Uh, but I'll just jump in very quickly. Yes. Yeah, so the plot of this film is that Matt Damon plays a character, like a typical everyman character, which he always plays mostly these days, uh, who, in a, in a kind of an alternate near future situation in which they have perfected the art of downsizing, which is shrinking people down to a couple of inches tall. Mm. And the benefit of this is obviously they consume less food, they produce fewer pollutants, etc., And they can live in these very small communities where the money that they've made in their regular lives goes a lot further. Yeah. So he's struggling for cash in, the image in his big full-size life. But by being shrunk down, he can make his money. He's essentially going to be a millionaire. Mm. He's living in this like Barbie dream house kind of thing. Um, and a lot of people are doing it. It's irreversible. Once you've done it, there's no way back. And the film kind of just follows him as he makes the decision with his wife, played by Kristen Wiig, to be downsized. And then how he adjusts to this new world in which everything is, in which he's very, very small. And he's living Hilarity in this, ensues. Hilarity doesn't do there's lo- there is There are lots of really good jokes, like vis- there are lots of really good sight gags about him being tiny in comparison mm. to you know regular things mm-hmm. that I did get a lot they got a lot of mileage out of that they did yeah so what do you think of the way that everybody played it the acting um Matt Damon I would I thought he was fine mm. like, I don't think his character was very memorable there wasn't a lot to Not him massively no he was really like the everyman character the straight character in many ways exactly yeah which is fine like mm-hmm. sometimes you need that but one thing that disappointed me about this film is that it kind of dropped the angle of the downsizing quite quickly. It did, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was still kind of there in the background for a few jokes, but on the whole, 
it then turned into this whole other thing. This whole thing about like the um they find out that the world is going to end. It's, it's, it became a very like ecological film mm. about like, and also quite philosophical about um like what does what matters and what really matters, you know, what, mm-hmm. what really matters and what do you want your life to amount to kind of thing. I think yeah. that was the message it was like, he wanted to feel like he's, he'd made a contribution. It was this idea that he'd reached his middle age. He was in his probably, is Matt Damon like 40, mid, 3, 44 now maybe? Maybe a little older. Something like that, yeah. So his, his character's about the same. He's middle-aged and it's like, he wants to do something that matters. He feels like by downsizing, he'll make his life matter and then he mm. does and he doesn't feel like it really has made a difference. Mm-hmm. Then the world's going to end and then it's like, they're going to start a new colony to save the whole world, and then he's mm-hmm. he, then he's like, well, maybe this is the thing that really matters. Maybe I'll go. He's constantly chasing this next thing to do something important, you know, quote unquote important. Yeah. And then he meets this character played by the actress Hong Chow, um, who's like a who plays a Vietnamese dissident who's lost a leg, who's now working as a cleaner, and they have kind of a love affair. And she kind of tells teaches him that actually nothing really matters. She's she's very kind of straightforward. She's mm-hmm. kind of, she's a very not cynical but kind of a an unsentimental character like she's got a friend who dies she's like oh yeah she did like mm, there's yeah. a lot of like very kind of unsentimental moments mm. um and she i think she kind of teaches him that from her perspective because she's been she's experienced being close to death she's been experienced a lot, of, a lot more hardship in her life and I, I, what i took from it anyway for the meaning the whole meaning of the film was her saying to him look actually in the grand scheme of things nothing matters life is random what matters is the people you love and what matters is the effect you have on those people and don't stop you need to stop chasing you know, making an important difference and actually just start, you know, living life and just appreciating mm-hmm. life for what it is and, you know, what people around you mean to you and that kind of thing. Yeah. Because it feels like the film is about him go, finding himself through befriending her and falling in love with her and, you know, helping out a lot of the people in the kind of community that she is living in. Mm-hmm. So that was what I took away. But yeah, it took a long, from a very broad comedy in the first half, it took this kind of sharp left turn into into that which is interesting and very Alexander Payne he does a lot a lot of his films about kind of what does it all mean kind of mm-hmm. stuff but I'm not sure it quite hung together I would have liked a bit more of the early part yeah and they, they uh, yeah I sorry I don't know what I'm saying here mm. um, they really did drop it and they only really brought it back for one of my favourite jokes which was at the very end mm. which obviously I'm not going to say but the, like, that's what I was expecting for the whole film. Yeah, same. Jokes like that, which is uh, the sort of thing that you get in Ant-Man. I don't know if you've, mm, see, if not you've yet, seen no. that, but yeah, a lot of the jokes in there are very much similar to, to that level of humour, which is pretty much all I wanted from this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a, in a more realistic way than what Ant-Man does. Mm. Um, but he didn't quite deliver on that. No, I thought it was weird because, so, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, so he, in, at the beginning of the film, he's... Married to Kristen Wiig, or he's married to Kristen Wiig. Oh yeah, what you were about to say is in the trailers. Yeah, it's in the trailers, and then so basically they decide to go in together yeah. to get downsized together so they can afford a really nice house, and then basically she at the last minute panics and decides she can't do it, she can't mm. go through with it. And so there's a really funny scene where basically he wakes up and he's been because to be to be downsized you need to have your teeth removed, you need to have your head, all your body hair shaved off, mm-hmm. and then you get shrunk down and then you get new teeth put in etc and it's kind of it seems like an intense process but it happens yeah. very quickly and she just panics there's a really funny scene where he wakes up and he's bald and he's you know just woken up from the operation etc he's, he's like three inches tall or something mm-hmm. and then he thinks that she's going to be with him and then she's not and then he gets a phone call and she's like please don't be mad and you see that she's got like one eyebrow left yeah. and she's, she's like obviously panicked midway through and she's like I'm really sorry I couldn't go through with it I was too scared I couldn't leave my family who weren't doing it etc mm-hmm. so I thought you know I wanted it to be this whole film about this 
three inch tall person trying to win back his full sized wife. Mm. Like, how fun would that be? Yeah, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. But she just that, that's it. She's gone from the film then, and mm. then it's like cuts to a year later. So we miss all the stuff of him adjusting to being three inches tall. Yeah, it's cut, which I thought was a really weird choice. Well, maybe there's not much adjustment if he doesn't leave that world. Mm. True, because the world is just everything's it, his size. So. Yeah, it's it's a, it's very similar to our world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. That would have been really interesting to watch. Yeah, it's also weird that uh, he doesn't actually leave the the miniature world. No, ever. Whereas he, at the start of the film, you see people leaving mm. like all the time. Yeah, and you, and you never see him leaving, which is I find quite strange. Yeah, there's there's some really good cameos in this film, mm. or, or supporting terms as well. So you have uh, his best friend is played by what's his face. Uh, Someone from SNL, I forget now. Ed Helms, I think. Is it Ed Helms? I don't know. Who also disappears. Yeah, yeah, he just... He's in it for some, and then for no reason, he's yeah. not in it for the rest. Because that's he's the one who convinces them to shrink down. He's mm. like, he gets downsized, and then he go, he gets brought to like a restaurant scene. So they're all sat around like a, a dinner table at a restaurant, and then him and his wife, I think, get brought in on a little platter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, obviously, they're tiny. Yeah. And it's the contrast's pretty funny. And then he says, oh, he tells Matt Damon, oh, downsizing is the best thing that ever happened to me. And he convinces him to do it, basically. Mm. And then it's like, oh, it'll be the sweet life. And then he gets shrunk down. I think there's an issue, a scene together where he's like, after Kristen Wiig has obviously disappeared. And he's like, oh, you'll get over it, it's fine. And then he's mm. literally never in the film again. Mm. He just vanishes completely. Yeah. Weird. It's a shame, because he was good. I, I like Ed Helms, yeah. Now, what do you think of uh, Christoph Waltz in this? Oh, fun. I so good. always enjoy Christoph Waltz. It's not often you actually see him not playing a bad guy. Mm. But in this one, oh, he was great. He's very into- there, there is a moment nearish the end of the film, certainly in the last third of the film, where, well, somebody in the cinema really liked it. <laughs> but, like, I mean, we both burst out laughing, and he didn't do anything. No, he just smirked. He just, it, was he just, just, it was just so well played. Yeah. I, I won't spoil the scene, because it'll spoil the whole, the whole build-up to it, but um, it's great, and person in the cinema went on a full-on laughing fit for like a solid yeah. minute or two. But I don't think it's a spoiler to say that nothing really happens. It's, it's hilarious, but all he's doing is smirking. Yeah. It's just his face, and he's <laughs> so good that you just can't... But yeah, and there was a, we laughed pretty hard, but there was a woman behind us who was hyperventilating for like five minutes. Yeah. Christoph Waltz is just brilliant. Yeah. I always enjoy him whenever he shows up, and he... Again, he doesn't get loads to do, but he's very entertaining. I would like to see more. Mm. Uh, I thought that she was very good, the uh, Hong Chao, the Vietnamese actress. Mm, yeah, she was great. She had, Her accent was very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. And I know she's been... Because she doesn't really speak like that, the actress. And she's been criticised for like, playing, quote-unquote, like a stereotype. Mm-hmm. But she's defended that as saying that this is how my parents, who are immigrants, speak. Like, mm-hmm. And so I think that's fair enough. You can't you know, tell somebody yeah, sure. you're being offensive if you're, if you're being truthful to your own experiences. I mean, who's calling her offensive? Exactly. Just, you know, is, is it Vietnamese cr- cr- people? No it's, cr- no, it's white people writing film reviews. You know. okay, well. The internet. You know, the there we go. There we go. Yeah, so no, I'm not part of that. I'm not, I'm not joining that conversation. But what I'm saying... But I will say that I thought she had some really beautiful scenes. And she, I've not, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. No, but she had a couple of really beautiful speeches where she... I was really struck by how well she played them. Mm. Like, she turned on, the, on a dime because she was generally playing this, as I said, this very unsentimental, very blunt character... And then the, just a couple of times she'd just have these really emotional moments and it was really beautiful. Like, it really got me. It was, mm. She was very, easily the standout for me yeah. in terms of the acting. Yeah, yeah, I, same. I look forward to seeing her in more things. Mm, I hope she too. gets more work off this. Uh, yeah, and then there's just some smaller cameos as well. Neil Patrick Harris shows up for one scene oh, yeah. with Laura, married to Laura Dern, which I found mm. very entertaining. Mm. Uh, Margot Martindale, who was you, you'll know from Bojack Horseman, character actress Margot Mar- Martindale. Do you remember? She's in the first series of Bojack Horseman. She's the she's always referred to as character actress Margot Martindale, and she like 
I'd she marathon like the first three and a half series that out over one weekend. I don't it's remember gone. specific okay. stuff. Okay, fine. Well, she, she's again. got like one scene. She's on the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I enjoyed that a lot. But yeah, there were lots, lots, lots of really good actors, a really good story, some good, good gags. Like I was never bored. Mm. I thought this was a decent film. It just it could have been so much more. Mm. I wasn't quite sure what it was going for. I think that's why it's been a bit poorly received. Maybe again because Matt Damon's not is on a bit of a bad run at the moment, and Superbicon wasn't really a hit. Yeah. But I think also this film isn't. It's not delivered what people expected it to, and I think people are finding it hard to figure out what it's trying to be. And I think that's why people have struggled with it a little bit. So, how would you rate it out of ten then? Um, I'd give this a seven, maybe a, maybe a six point five to a seven. Like it was good. I wasn't. I said I wasn't bored. I was entertained. But I'd, I can't say this was a really really good film. Mm. Like if we're giving Molly's game an eight, I can't possibly give this an eight or higher as well. This was definitely not as good as Molly's game. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the same page. I want to give it a seven. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, I'd say, as much as I enjoyed Molly's game. Mm-hmm. But then going out of it, I do have a few things to sort of complain about, like characters just disappearing at some points and mm. just a few little points like that. And other places I'd like to see it go, other jokes I'd like to see it do, but it didn't. There's a few things I I was hoping for and didn't it didn't deliver on. Yeah. Whereas Molly's game, maybe because that had less hype, mm-hmm. I wasn't disappointed in any way. Yeah. I'm not too sure. I went to that kind of blo- like, when I saw the trailer for Downsound, I was like, "This looks like my film of the year. Mm. This is everything I want in a film." Mm-hmm. And then, and then I watched. It, I was like, "Yeah, it was just okay." Whereas Molly's game, I kind of went in almost blind. I was like, "Well, this could be interesting." I know it's about a poker player. That's literally all I know. Mm. And then I was, I loved it. Whereas this, yeah, this was a slight letdown. I did last thing. I did have some questions that this film didn't answer, like about the world. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, like, there's a scene where there's a bunch of horses. So I was like, well, how do they shrink the horses? Is that animal cruelty? And they did some sheep as well. Yeah. Um, I, That's not consensual. I don't think it is, unless they were doing that as, like, testing before the humans. If but they, they still it, have to, like, take all the horses, like, teeth and hair. How do you shave a horse? <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Would you have to take all the hooves off? Because they're um, not going to, like, change size, are they? Oh, there's so many questions. Oh, do you think they have to take their nails out? They didn't mention that. Well, they didn't do it, so I guess they didn't, but they should have done. Yeah, you'd think, think, yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess, a bit of an oversight. Plot plot hole. I've identified a plot hole in the science, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, animals, that was the question. How did they get the animals to answer that? And also, how did they get the electronics to work? How do they make teeny tiny hair dryers and teeny tiny vacuum cleaners and teeny tiny all of those things? Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to do that. I feel like that would be more complicated. I don't I I assumed that the technology was, like, biological somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I assume that too. They'd have to just build the time, but I just think that that would actually be quite. Com- I'd like to see a scene where they showed people like painstakingly manufacturing a teeny tiny shower or something. I just think that'd be interesting. Right? Well, maybe they got the small people to do it. Oh, build it once, but they still need the raw materials. Well, true, but melted plastic is just still melted plastic. I, I guess. guess maybe. I would have liked that to be a scene. That's I don't all. know. Yeah, I, I, like- I did like how a lot of the props looked like they were built for a doll's house mm. sort of thing they were just a little bit bigger or a bit a bit blunter or yeah. something than they would normally totally. be totally I mean he did as I said he lived in Barbie's dream house that yeah. was just... yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was all good cool okay so 7 out of 10 from both yeah. of us sequel oh god every time um, I'd like to see a, a sort of direct sequel how they deal with the end of the world in some way sure okay and not just hiding in a hole mm-hmm. yeah um and then once the end of the world's happened, let's say it's sort of 2012 style where the world just changes a lot. There's a lot of damage, but everything changes. Mountains are higher or lower, whatever. And then they all, they, they, they eventually find a way to upsize mm. and just reintegrate with a new world where they're the odd ones out because they're big. 
and right. all the big people are dead. Ah, okay. So then they're living in their own world and they're sort of all the all the little people are just like, well, that's bad for our economy if they do that. And just, yeah. So sort just, of the same the same again, but in the opposite. Oh, okay. Just flip it a little bit. Okay, mm. that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would like the idea. I like the idea of uh, of upsizing. I, I like the idea of just a complete switch in like because one question, I, another question I had was that like in 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 nature in the real world, small the smaller the animal is mm-hmm. in general, the shorter its lifespan. Mm-hmm. Like mice and you know insects live a very short life, sure. whereas elephants live a long life, etc. Um, so I thought, so by doing this, are, are they shortening their lifespan? I mean, I don't actually think that's how biology works. I thought it was. There must be a reason why small things die quicker. Well, it's not necessarily true. Like, uh, is it parrots or turtles? Or maybe both. Oh, turtles have a long time, yeah. Sure. Yeah, they live for absolutely ages. Okay. Well, well. anyway, I would like that. <laughs> That's, just got to point out that is definitely not how biology works. Maybe as a general rule, hmm. perhaps. I thought it was because if you're small, like small animals, their hearts beat very, very quickly. And so they like run out. I don't know. I'm yeah. not a biologist. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. But anyway, so I would like the idea of maybe they figure out that they could actually live a lot longer if they upsized and everyone's getting like made bigger rather than smaller. Mm. And then that's all. And then it's like the reverse again. It's like people having to deal with being giants. and mm, Exactly, and, yeah. yeah. So that would be my sequel, Upsizing, where there's the technology I goes mean, the other that, way. That is what I just said, right? Yeah, but you, you said you up, they upsized back to regular size. I want to go one further and make them giants. Oh, oh right. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Great, yeah. is that it? I think so. so Lovely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, everybody, for being a patron as well. Because we appreciate it. We really do. Somebody's got to pay for these lights to be on. It sure ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, thanks, everyone. And uh, speak to you in the next episode for the next review. Whatever We're not speaking be. to them directly. We will... We will. We say this at the end of most episodes. True, true. We will see so, you in the next episode. We won't see them directly, John. I guess we're... Oh, all right, fine, fine. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, yes, keep an eye on our regular show Beyond the Box Set as well every Friday. Ah, oh, yes. Which I'm sure you are if you're paying for this. So. Probably are, yeah. Cool. Bye. Bye.